Hey guys, this is James. And Greg. We're the co-hosts of the Sports Dance Podcast, a weekly podcast recapping all the news, sports, daily fantasy, and anything else you can want to know in the sports world. If you like blazing hot sports takes, you like a little bit of humor, maybe a little bit of murder, no, just kidding, all sports. But follow us, uh, Greg. On Twitter at SportsStands underscore. You can follow James at SportsStandsJ. Follow us on Vine, Facebook, and Instagram. Yeah, we got it all. At Boom. the SportsStands. And, you know, just check us out. You're going to love what we bring to the table every single week. Hot takes, nothing less. The Sports the Stance. Sports stance. Hey guys, welcome to the Sports Dance Podcast with Greg and James. I'm the second part, and with me as always, he just ripped up his warm-up pants for this podcast. It's Greg Cowan, everybody. What's happening, baby? Uh, man, not too much. It's cold, though, man. My legs are getting cold. It got really chilly up here. You gotta take a couple jumpers, man, get in the layup line. Gosh, I'm working on it, you know. My left hand, little weak, little weak. Yeah. We don't, it doesn't really matter for you. You're not a layup guy, you know. I, I imagine you, when you're, when you're going and playing pickup basketball... Uh, you're not too worried about layups. No, <laughs> not too much. You're hanging out by the arc. You're pump faking. You're, you seem like a big pump fake guy. Uh, yeah, obviously. You got pump fake, get the big man over you, and then when you go for it, bash through him, get that double in, and then uh, get the foul. Get that free throw. Yeah, I mean, you explode by people. I, I like it. Uh, I got very, a quick first step. Quick first step. <laughs> um, Cool, man. Well, today's the day, Greg. Uh, Monday. It's like Christmas Eve for me. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you're excited. Tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, marks the start of NBA 2016-2017 regular season. We have a couple amazing games tomorrow on the slate. And by a couple amazing games, I mean one. One <laughs> we have a huge couple game. crappy ones. Yeah, we have a couple crappy ones. And then we have one really good game um, tomorrow in the NBA. Uh, what is this? What's the uh, schedule right here? I'm already. Uh, it's going to be Knicks Cavaliers. Uh, started off on TNT. Super team versus super team. Yeah, super teams of every sort. Luckily, the point guard for one super team just got let off, you know, a big trial. All right, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> too and soon? Then, too uh, soon for that? Too soon. And then uh, doubleheader, though, at 1030, the real fun begins when Spurs go to Oakland to play the Warriors. Yeah, that's a big game right out of the gate. So we're excited about this, Greg. So today is going to be all NBA. We need to wash off the stink of last night's primetime Sunday night Arizona Cardinals-Seattle Seahawks football game. What are you talking so about? Talk- that was so good. <laughs> yeah, barn burner. Aren't kickers supposed cool. to miss a lot of kicks? Yeah. Isn't that their job hey, to miss? Do you, do you like punts? Do you like punts, Greg? This is, uh, this is I'm a big fan of punts. You know, net average yardage. Huge punt guy. Um, I like the shanks. Shanks are a big part of my game. Big shanks, big punts, lots of penalties. Want to uh, keep it tight? Block punts, um, every, everything to do with a kick in any sort. Goodbye, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. What everybody tunes into the NFL to go I don't to see. See. Yeah, I don't want to see deep passes and long runs and, you know, Explosive stacks. plays and highlights. No, no, no. It's, let's get into the nitty-gritty of special teams. Let's have a defensive <laughs> battle that's not even turnover-driven, just pure we can't get 10 yards. Yeah, exactly. Um, boy, that was a depressing game. Okay, but we're not here to talk about football, Greg. We're here to talk about NBA. We're going to talk about conference winners. We're going to talk about MVP odds. We're going to talk make, make championship predictions. Uh, we're going to talk awards. We're going to talk storylines. We'll laugh. We'll cry. We'll do all of it. But before we get into it, man, That's a good day. what's new with you? How was your weekend? 
Uh, it was pretty good, actually. I had a buddy of mine from New Jersey come up. Uh, I haven't seen him in a, about a year or two, in person at least. So nice. it was good to have him come up. Went to Took him to Salem, because, you know, that's the thing you do when it's October in Massachusetts. Yeah, you go see some ghosts. You go see where people were uh, brutally killed. That's yeah, fun. exactly. Fun, fun, and fun. He, he kept trying to make the joke of, like, I was like, which way do you want to go? He's like, which, 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 which. And I was like, okay. Set six, Sounds seven like you time. guys are two peas because that's the kind of joke that if you would make it, Greg, you would laugh pretty hard. No, I wouldn't. I laughed once for his, his you know, self-esteem, and then I kept yelling at him. I don't know, man. That sounds like right up your alley in terms of jokes. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm a craftsman when it comes to humor, my friend. You know this. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Wow, um, wow. Just shut me down right there, okay. Right, right down. Cool, man. Sounds good. Uh, it sounds like you had a good time. Did. What about you? What'd you do? Nothing much, man. Uh, I'm I'm in the throes. My girlfriend and I are in the throes of fall activities, uh, which means uh, pumpkin everything. Yep. Um, you know, uh, some different kind of you know just fall good stuff. Got some. Went to a nice uh, farm that has apple picking and had like a nice butcher's block. So I'm making some smoked kielbasa. Nice. Tonight for dinner. Um, watch a little football. Watch the big short. Have you ever seen the big short? The, uh, the, Is that oh, the one with uh, Ryan Gosling and Steve Crow and all those guys yeah, about the housing exactly. crash? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. It was a really good. I actually watched it like a month ago on Netflix. Yeah. That's what I watched. Uh, I watched it over the, over the weekend on Netflix. Highly recommend. Yeah. Give it uh, the sports really dance two thumbs up. The big short. Yeah. Really good movie. I liked it a lot. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad that we kept the small talk down to a minimum this week because we have quite a bit to talk about, Greg. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, it is like your Christmas. You get so excited when the NBA comes around. You even <laughs> had to do preseason talk on the Celtics. This is really fun. Uh, this is fun for everyone involved. Uh, tomorrow is going to be tip-off, so let's get into it. Okay. There was a lot of things that happened uh, in this offseason. We kind of touched on them during the regular episodes of the Sports Stance. But um, just in case, uh, there's a couple of fringe things that happen that some people not, might not be aware of. For example, the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead to the Cavaliers. <laughs> um, Kevin Durant went to the uh, Golden State Warriors in free agency. Oh, wow. I missed that. Oh, yeah. It was big. Oh, uh, must have been USA out of town. USA Basketball played uh, in the Olympics and won gold. Um, you know, just the, just the little things that might have slipped through the cracks if you weren't totally paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we've got... Uh, We've got a brand new season, Greg, a blank slate, so let's see what happens. Uh, the kind of way that we're going to structure this is I think we're going to go conference by conference. Uh, we can kind of pick even some division winners if we'd like to. Uh, they don't really matter that much in the NBA anymore, but hey, we'll, we'll pick some anyway. Me. Yeah, They matter to the fans. <laughs> exactly. No one, you, know, you know the uh, swell of pride that you did when the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, wa- Thunder raised their Northwest Division banner <laughs> over the crowd. Right when they went into the playoffs. So. Uh, excuse me, I do know that pride. Uh, I was I shed a few tears. Yeah, exactly. That was more so because uh, I thought Duran was going to leave, but you know. Hey, good call. <laughs> I'm and then we're going to break into the major awards. We're going to make some predictions, uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun here, Greg. Uh, let's start off with the Eastern Conference. Um, the Eastern Conference of 2015-2016 was, uh, again, uh, kind of weak, especially compared to the Western Conference. This has sort of been a thing that's persisted in the NBA over the last few years. Uh, the Eastern Conference just really lagging behind the West in terms of overall uh, level of play from the teams. Um, so, for example, we had one, two, three, four teams in the Eastern Conference um, tied at 48 wins, uh, the three through the six seed. 
Uh, and for example, the third seed in the Western Conference won 55 games. So it's just a pretty big disparity, uh, disparity in terms of talent between the East and West. What did the and sixth seed win in the West Conference? Wasn't it low? The sixth seed was down. The sixth seed was lower. I guess that's fair. So the West was still. I guess the West was a little bit more top heavy than I kind of realized. Yeah. Mavericks were the sixth seed in the West, and they won forty-two games. I was gonna say. I thought. Uh, I was gonna say. I thought I remembered the Western Conference bottom seeds were just terrible. They weren't great. You know, the Western Conference bottom seeds were Mavericks, Grizzlies, Rockets, and none of those teams were very inspiring. But we're talking about the East, Greg. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got off track. Um, last season, the East, the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, not only uh, got the number one seed, um, they won the most games in the conference, but they also uh, ended up winning the NBA championship. Uh, it was the Cleveland Cavaliers, followed by the Toronto Raptors of the two seed, Miami Heat, uh, three seed, Atlanta Hawks, four seed, Boston Celtics, five seed, Charlotte Hornets, six seed, Indiana Pacers, seven seed, and Detroit Pistons rounded out the playoffs in the eight seed. Uh, and then following those guys, it went Bulls, Wizards, Magic, Bucks, Knicks, Nets, and the process, trust the process, Sixers on the bottom. <laughs> um, trust that process, Sam Henke. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There were a couple of uh, significant free agency acquisitions in the East this year, which might actually end up leading to uh, uh, interesting rebalancing of power. Who knows? But, uh, Greg, what was your thoughts on the East last year? Was anything that stood out? Was anything that looked kind of weird looking back on the standings, uh, you know, now? I mean, one the fact that there were that many teams with 48 wins tied is a little odd. Yeah. But, I mean, I like the surprise. I like the, the Pistons coming out, kind of surprising everybody and sneaking into the playoffs. Mm. That's a young team that I think has a bright future. I don't know if they're going to make it back this year. They'll have to wait a few minutes to find out, I guess. But uh, Yeah, I think the Pistons are an awesome story as well. Are. Just because they've got, the, they've got the big guy in Drummond, and then they've got Van Gundy. And I, I wonder... Uh, I wonder if Van Gundy will be able to kind of continue to mold this team to kind of make it look like his 08 Magic team. Yeah, I mean, they got some young power on that team that it's going to be exciting to watch, no doubt. I think what was so cool about that team for me was that, um, it, you know, the 08 09 Magic, when that went to the finals um, and lost to, get to the Warriors, or Spurs. Um, yeah, was Warriors kind of weren't good back time. then, sorry. Yeah, exactly. It seems like forever that they have been, but not then. Yeah. Well, they were kind of ahead of their time in a way that because they had a big guy in terms of uh, Howard who would patrol the paint and then uh, kind of be a roll man on the pick and roll. And couldn't and hit a free just, throw. Exactly, yeah. But then they would also uh, spread him out, uh, spread out the shooters around him, um, which seems kind of like the prototypical NBA, you know, how kind of how things are going nowadays, where they basically have one big guy or one even kind of semi-athletic power forward guy in the middle, and then you'd spread out uh, shooters around them. Yeah. Um, and I think that the Pistons is a, are you know could do something similar. Uh, the problem with the Pistons, in, in my mind, is that they kind of um, Drummond is an interesting case because he'll be able to patrol the paint and be a great rim protector, and he he'll be damn near impossible to guard on the pick and roll. Uh, but if a if a team goes small ball against him, he's going to have a hard time guarding out on the perimeter as like a, a five who could shoot, you know? Yeah, not only that. I mean, if they get into a close game and teams are trailing or even ahead by a few baskets, they're just going to foul the crap out of him because the guy cannot hit a free throw. Yeah, I think Andre Drummond was one of the worst free throw shooters in the history of the game last year. So I actually think um, uh, we should have a all- new all-star event called the Big Man Free Throw. <laughs> we have like Andre Drummond, uh, 
you know, maybe uh, Dwight Howard, uh, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan. And it's yeah. just a battle of who can make 10 first. Yeah. Um, last year, uh, last year, DeAndre Jordan um, shot 35% on, th- on free throws. Uh, on 7.2 attempts per game, so they definitely started fouling the hell out of this guy. Oh, yeah, it's like, what, um, that'd be like two ba- two of them out of the seven made? Something like that? Basically, yeah. My math and is he ended up good. Having a good season. So he ended up having a good season. He ended up having 16 points uh, per game, uh, along with uh, almost 15 rebounds, 14.8 rebounds. But if the guy can even hit like 60 or 70% of his free throws, all of a sudden it goes from a 16 and 15 guy to a 20 and 15 guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he just rakes in the boards like it's his job. And coincidentally, yeah. it is. So 20 and 15 is a massive, massive no. Those are massive numbers from a center. Yeah. Um, so if you could even like extend like that, if you could get from 35% to like 60 or even 70% of his free throws, then he'd be in, he'd be in amazing shape. And that should, be, should have been his priority this summer. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. My biggest surprise was the Toronto Raptors, man. The Toronto Raptors were the second seed when won 56 games. That's a lot. I don't know. Like, they were not that. And we, we joked about them in the playoffs because they were not that fun to watch. That was not exactly like a star-studded team by any stretch of the imagination. You have Lowry and DeRozan. Um, but 56 games is a lot for the Raptors. Yeah, no, it was definitely a surprise, I would say. I mean, especially because you look at that squad and you go, okay, who's the go-to guy? It's not DeRozan. It's not really Lowry. I mean, they are because that's who their two best players are, but any they're other kind team, of forced to be, yeah. they're second, third options probably. Yeah, exactly. So I think that just kind of speaks to the East in terms of, you know, talent level. You know, the, the, a team with, a team with like, at least two, like, B to B-plus players at best uh, can win 56 games and get the second seed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we're going to see what happens this year. Um Okay, let's kind of get into what we think is going to happen in terms of the conference. Um, Greg, do you have a conference prediction? Uh, do you want to go? Do you want to go by divisions? You have division winners. Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm not as smart as you, so I didn't know how I should prepare for this. So I just, I just did everything. Came well, very prepared. Let's talk about. Do you, do you have who? Uh, what, what do you think the, they're going to finish in terms of order of the conference? Do you have that one? Yeah, I have uh, what my seeds are going to be, and I think you'll like it for the most part. You'll be happy yeah, with my two seeds. I got Cavs taking the overall number one seed. Not yeah. shocking. But I have the Celtics being the number two seed overall. Yeah. I think Al Horford just makes that team that much better. Uh, I have the Hornets as the third seed. I think they're going to be kind of a surprise this year and uh, have a really good stretch. Mm. Got the Hawks coming in at four. Raptors as my five seed. I'm going with the super team New York Knicks at six. Wow. Knicks in the playoffs. I think so. I, I think they just have enough talent that they should be able to win games that gets them ahead. I mean, the Eastern Conference is decent. I mean, you got some good teams, unless you're the Nets or the Sixers. <laughs> uh, I have the Pacers making it. I think Paul George carries that team in. And then yeah. uh, I'm going to go with the Wizards if they can stay healthy. Okay, so run, run me through it again. You have the Cavs, Celtics, Hornets, Hawks, Hawks. Raptors. Knicks, Pacers, and the Wizards squeaking squeaking in. Hey, that's a good list, man. I like that. Thank you. Um, for, for me, I'm also going to go Cavs, uh, Celtics, one two. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think uh, I'm gonna go Raptors three. I'm gonna go Pacers four. I really like what the Pacers did this year in terms of um, their free agency acquisitions. 
I just think that team is an adult team. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have all these teams that are, like, kind of like a young team. But the Pacers have, you know, they already had Paul George. They added Al Jefferson to come off the bench. Um, Aaron Brooks, who, like, I, I don't hate. Um, you know, Kevin Serafin. They have, um, let me see here. Um, they have Jan Mahimni. They had Jeff Teague. They added Jeff Teague to their team. Yeah, it was a good trade this offseason for them. Um, so I really like what the Pacers did this year. Um, so I'm going to go Pacers four. Um, where am I at right here? Okay, Pacers four. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Hawks five. I'm going to go with uh, – ooh, this is tough. This is tough. I'm going to go with uh, Hornet six again. I'm going to go with Bulls, seven. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to go with uh, Wizards, eight. Narrowly missing, I think, are the Pistons and the Knicks. Yeah, that's, I figured um, it's going to come down close to... Oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on one sec, one sec, one sec. I'm taking out, um, I'm taking out the Wizards, Ooh. and I'm putting in uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Wow, wow, you Milwaukee... just completely, completely shifted on that. Milwaukee Bucks, sorry. So I have, Cel- I have Cavaliers, Celtics... Pacers, um, excuse me, Cavaliers, Celtics, Raptors, Pacers, Hornets. Uh, what was? Damn, I need. I should have written this down. Um, you really should have. Yeah, this is bad. Hawks. You bulls. You have the Bulls. Yeah, Hawks, Pistons, Bulls, and uh, and Bucks. Bucks. Cool. Um, I really like what the Bucks have done this year. The, really, the big thing with the Bucks is going to be Chris Middleton, whether he can come back because they really have a dearth in shooting guard. But Giannis as a point guard, I think is just fantastic. I think yeah. that's so fun. He's pretty. He's pretty uh, scary being that tall, that athletic, and coming down the court handling the ball. I just don't think that anybody is going to be able to kind of stop these guys. So it'll be interesting to see, or at least to stop him. Um, it's going to be cool to kind of see him be a. Uh, a kind of like a positionless basketball team. Yeah, uh, Greek freak. The ringer.com does this thing called the hipster teams. <laughs> uh, so the teams that like are kind of almost like critically acclaimed, like basketball nerds love them. This year's hipster team is probably going to end up being the Wolves just because you've got Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, but um, the Bucks are a close second just because you, you have a bunch of young guys. You have Jabari uh, and you have point guard Giannis out of Dikempo. <laughs> I think that's so cool. <laughs> Butcher, just butcher the name. Yeah, I thought I did okay. You're welcome. You get, good, job. Um, good job. Good effort. What do you think, before we go on to the Western Conference, what do you think um, the, the Nets and the 76ers are going to kind of battle for the bottom seed again? But what do you think? Do you think the, the 76ers are going to improve over last year? Last year they won 10 wins. Uh, they, they won 10 games. Uh, and their over-under this year is actually uh, 27 games. I, uh... I think they can get close to that just because I think they're going to take the opposite approach of all these other teams where it's, hey, let's put all, one big man in the center and have shooters around. I think they're just going to go big. You got Okafor. Keep all these big guys. Yeah, you got Okafor, Noel, and you got Joel Embiid coming back this year. And if he can stay healthy, those three could dominate somehow. Yeah, Noel's uh, you know, worked on his outside shot a little more. Okafor can take some outside shots a little bit. And then Embiid, I think, would be your main center for that part. I think Okafor would switch to like a power forward type and Noel to a small forward type positioning. 
So, the, I mean, they could definitely pull out some games. 27 is going to be a reach. I'm going to put them more around 20, if anything. I can dig 20. Um, hold on, let me just, I'm just going to write down my Eastern Conference uh, picks for a second. Vamp, vamp for that. a little bit. You, you do that. Oh, well, okay, so one of the things I wanted to do, let's, um, well, who do you think is going to be your Eastern Conference winner? Give me that one. Eastern Conference Finals, who do you think it's going to be? And who uh, do you a, think is going to be your winner? I'm going to go uh, Cavs-Celtics as my Eastern Conference. I think the one-two seeds make it through. I think the Celtics are just improving every year. And then the Cavs are the Cavs. I mean, they're bringing back their championship team lineup, basically. The only pieces missing are pieces that weren't that important anyway, like Mozgov and Delavadova. So they bring in some other guys that can probably fill those roles. Uh, I think they're just going to do work. They're probably going to get around 50-something wins like they have the past few years. And uh, I think Celtics meet them there, and I'm going to sadly, James, go with the Cavs again. I mean, there's just nobody else that can compete with them right now. In the Eastern Conference, at least. Gotcha. I am going to go... um, I also think it's going to be Cavs-Celtics, and I am going to go Celtics. Shock. I'm picking the Celtics to win the East this year. Uh, I realize that that's kind of a tough... A tough road. Celtics last year were were one of those teams that won 48 games. Um, this year, their over under uh, is 51.5, so they need to win 52 to hit the over. I think they're going to get closer to 55 or 56 wins. Um, I think that the Cavaliers are very top heavy right now, so I think if one of their big three goes down. Um, since they had to shell out some money to bring some people back, I think that you're going to see that they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. It's a lot of money to spend on J.R. Smith. It is a lot of money. He got a nice contract finally, but I don't yeah, know if he's so worth I, all of it. But so the, the Celtics NBA. are more of a complete team top to bottom than the Cavs are. Yeah, no, they definitely uh, have better subs than more depth overall. Yeah, so I'm going to put put the Celtics just based on injury risk alone. Uh, Celtics signed Al Horford over the uh, over the offseason. We talked about it at length in this podcast, but I figured I might as well at least throw it out there. Yeah, um, well, that's one of the reasons why they're my number two seed. He, yeah. make, he just helps that team develop so much more with Isaiah Thomas and Jamal Crawford and all those guys. Not Jamal Crawford. Uh, well, I can't think of his name now. Crowder. That's what it is. <laughs> yep. Um, totally okay, <laughs> so that's it for the Eastern Conference for right now. We'll probably touch on a couple other things going into it. Um, Western Conference, Greg. Um, a lot of things happen. Kevin Durant goes to the Oklahoma City, excuse me. Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, City Warriors, Thunder, yeah, new team. From the Oklahoma City Thunder to the Golden State Warriors. Um, San Antonio uh, lost Tim Duncan to retirement but added Pau Gasol, which is very interesting. It is. Good move, uh, I think. The Los Angeles Clippers basically didn't do anything. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers did a couple things, including adding uh, Evan Turner, the best quote machine in the entire league. Um, <laughs> RIP, I'm going to miss that guy. Memphis didn't do very much. Memphis Grizzlies really just kind of added Chandler Parsons and kind of did a couple new coaches. Um, so the last year, the, uh, the conference went Warriors, Spurs, Thunder, Clippers, Blazers, Mavericks, Grizzlies, and Rockets for the playoff teams. Uh, the Utah Jazz, Sacramento Kings, Denver Nuggets, New Orleans Pelicans, Minnesota Timberwolves, Phoenix Suns, and Los Angeles Lakers brought the rear in that order. So, Greg, um, what was surprising to you or what stood out to you about the Western Conference before we get into predictions? Uh, I think what stood out to me, one, was just how uh, good the Jazz actually looked. 
for a young team that, you know, everybody was like, they do have a bright future. I didn't think they were going to live up to the, you know, standard that people kind of had set for them. They missed the playoffs, but they made it interesting. And, I mean, that team's going to be good, I think, for years to come if all those players keep developing because they're all low 20s, mid 20s, and they're going to have some good careers going on in Utah. Yeah, Utah seems like an interesting team. Um, the, Utah is almost kind of reminds me of like um, Utah almost. What am I trying to say here? Utah uh, reminds me of like, the, like one of those teams that like always like is perennially like right there. Like, oh, this is going to be where they take the leap. This is going to be year, the year, and then they actually don't physically take the leap. Like, forty wins is cute, and the nine seed and all that kind of good stuff. But at the same time, like you need. Like at one of these, at one point, like all these guys that you're paying, like Derek Favors and Gordon Hayward, these guys need to translate into actual wins. Yeah. Um, they've got some really interesting young players, and I'm actually, uh, I'm still curious to see what Dante Exum does. Uh, he he was one of the larger, or the higher up picks, a couple years ago, and it sucks last year that he he missed the entire year. So I'm interested to see what he does. But yeah, I think he um, uh, changes the dynamic of that team because they had a uh, Mac for a little bit as their point guard and. No offense to him, not the guy you want being your starting point guard. Yeah, I just don't. I don't believe in them as much as kind of I don't know the pundits do. I guess that you could say, um, but we'll see what happens. Um, the thing that was surprising to me, uh, I mean, none of this was really all that surprising, other than the the Houston Rockets really fell off. Um, yeah, I think last, they're gonna keep falling, by the way. They were in. They were like the third seed, I think, a couple of years ago, and they added uh, with with Dwight Howard. Um, Harden was really in MVP consideration at that point too. Uh, it was between Harden and Curry for that first year MVP, uh, Curry's first MVP. Um, he looked like an offense onto himself, and he still had a, a pretty decent year last year. Um, but it was just a ugly, ugly basketball to watch, man. It was just ISO basketball from Harden. The, the team didn't even look like they liked each other all that much. Yeah, um, they definitely don't like each other at all. Dwight Howard bitched a lot, as Dwight Howard is wont to do. Um, Kevin McHale got just, fired after, like, what, 15 games for no yeah, reason, was, really? that was kind of ugly, too. And that just kind of cast a whole dispersion on the entire series. That first series against the Warriors, uh, between the Warriors and Rockets, was about as ugly as you're going to get in terms of a basketball series. The best thing um, to come out of that was Steph Curry's knee injury, just because it made something interesting in that series storyline. Yeah, honestly. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to see what happens with the Rockets this year. Um, one of the main storylines coming out of Houston is that uh, James Harden, uh, they're making him a full-time point guard, uh, which is interesting. Uh, they're basically they're basically saying that he's only the one carrying the ball, and that's gonna be interesting to see what happens in Mike D'Antoni's offense. Uh, the return of of, uh, of D'Antoni and the, and the Suns running gun. Yeah, can I ask um, how does this guy keep getting coaching jobs? Yeah, it's literally because the Suns were so ahead of their time, man. Like, that's exactly how we want all of our teams to play right now. The Suns and the Magic of those times were so ahead of their time, even though they didn't actually win anything. And everyone's emulating them now. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. I think that, um, you know, Harden was the de facto point guard anyway, but I guess this just kind of cements the fact that they're going to keep the ball in his hands pretty much at all times anyway. Yeah, so. I guess I guess Jason Terry is not going to be a point guard like we thought. Not so much. I don't even know if he's still on the Rockets. I think he's not anymore. I don't know, man. He might. I, I, I actually. Oh, who's he on? He went he's to Zion. on. I, I, he might be on the uh, Bucks actually now. Um. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So the Houston Rockets were surprising to me, and I'm interested to see what happens to them this year. 
Um, okay, Greg. So who do you have? Uh, what do you have for your Western Conference predictions? Um, you know, what, what do you have the order of the playoff seeds here? All right. So big shocker coming in at number one, uh, Golden State Warriors. You know, didn't know if they could do it. They are. They're going to probably get to that uh, 70-ish win area again. I don't see how they don't. I mean, yeah, their over-under is uh, was a weird one. Their over-under was 66.5. Over. Um, yeah, so it, it, that basically means that in order to hit the – in order to hit on the under, you're expecting Golden State to lose 12 times. Yeah, and I, after last year, I, I just can't see that happening because they added another big piece with Kevin Durant. So now you can't even be like, okay, well, if Steph gets hurt or Clay gets hurt or Draymond gets hurt, no, because you still have a big three. No matter if one of them goes down, you still have a big three that you can throw out there. Yeah, so. I think Simmons on his last podcast um, or one of them, somebody made that point that was like, it's like you took the Golden State Warriors and then you took Harrison Barnes and then just made him like 10 times better. Yeah. That's <laughs> essentially like that's what they did. Yeah. The one big thing that I think is going to hurt them, uh, I know this is going to sound a little silly, but the thing that I think is going to hurt them is Bogut. Um, he did really have some toughness on the interior. I know they added Zaza Pachulia and they really want to kind of press the small ball thing, but it, it was really beneficial when you had a team that could go really big against them. Like when the Warriors go play the Grizzlies, um, you know, no one's going to – is Zaza Pachulia really going to bang down low with Marcus Gasol and, and Zebo? No, probably uh, I, not. I don't think so, you know. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, so that'll be interesting. I don't see them losing, of course, like we said, 12 whatever times or more. Yeah. Uh, but they're my number one seed. Number two is going to be the Spurs just because yeah. Pop is consistent. That team has Leonard, Aldridge. They added Powell Gasol, which I think is going to be a big move because – He's kind of throwing it back a little, a few years where Tim Duncan was. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like they're adding someone with a similar skill set to Tim Duncan, except a little bit younger. Not yeah. much younger, but a little bit younger. But still has that skill set working, unlike Duncan did, where Duncan struggled to get points and rebounds. Gasol last year you was still pretty much dominant, and you right. expect him to do the same. So, I mean, they're going to be the two seed just because. There's nobody else, I think, that can compete with those two teams in general. They're going to be my conference uh, – actually, no, they're not my conference championship. Never mind. Uh, so, <laughs> teaser. Know how to tease the people. Uh, Trailblazers coming in at three. Uh, Lillard, I think, you know, just steps his game up even more. McCollum comes back even more improved. He won most improved last year. I think he comes back and, you know, keeps building off of that. Uh, Clippers coming in at number four. Doc Rivers gets his team, you know – Good enough to be a top four team every year into the playoffs, and then they hit the playoffs and they look like they don't belong. Uh, and I have Russell Westbrook bringing the Thunder into the playoffs at the five seed. I think he's good enough by himself to do that. And he's also probably just going to have a crazy year in general, stats-wise. Mm. Uh, I have my surprise, the Jazz coming in at the sixth seed. I think they uh, surprise everybody and, you know, make a good leap. I'm going to put them around... 45, 46 ones. I don't know what their over-under is. I don't know if you have it in front of you, but... And then Grizzly 7. Which over-under? Uh, the Jazz. The Jazz over-under is 47.5. All right, so I was right around there. Yeah, last year they were at 40. So you're saying that they're going to win uh, eight more games if they hit the over. All right, yeah. So I think they could do that. Um Grizzlies make it because, you know, with a healthy Grizzly squad, they're good enough to be in a playoffs and competitive. And then 
rounding it out, I got the young guys from Minnesota. I think uh, making a nice <laughs> little run. Nice. So you're putting, so you're believing in Utah, and then you're putting in uh, Minnesota. Yeah, I want, I want to see some different teams in here. I don't think the Mavs just have it anymore. I don't think the Rockets no. do. Lakers, we definitely know don't. Um, I like this list, and your list seems actually pretty similar to mine. So I have Warriors at one as well. I have Spurs at two. Uh, I have Clips at three instead of uh, Blazers. Uh, I think the thing that people kind of don't always uh, take into account is continuity. Uh, teams that have played together for a while end up, especially in the beginning of the season, end up doing much better. When you know the team's tendencies and you know your teammates' ten- tendencies, you end up playing a little bit better than you would normally Um so I think that the, that really says a lot to the Clips. And even when the Clips are struggling, they still have a top-five offense, which will win them a lot of games in the regular season. Yeah, um, so I have, the, I have the Clips at number three. I have the Blazers at number four, so we basically just swapped those. Yep. And, Greg, I've pulled up uh, a couple um, – I've pulled up a couple uh, quotes from Evan Turner just because I, I can't really help myself. You just love him. I mean, he does have yeah. some great – he's a quote machine, so it works. He really, he really is. Um, so uh, a couple of my favorites – um, this quote is regarding him passing to Jay Crowder for a game winner. He goes, when I was dribbling, I was like, oh, snap, I'm at 15 feet. I'm about to end this. And then I thought about Michael Jordan passing to Steve Kerr. And I thought, well, let me add that to my legacy. I'll pass one time. <laughs> and that was it. It was unbelievable, actually. <laughs> Ingenious by me. That's, that's, that's a thing. That is, that is fantastic in uh, so many ways. So here we go. Um, on Kobe's final trip to Boston, uh, when Kobe came to Boston December 29th, 2015, he goes, people will say it's for Kobe, but deep down it's probably for me. Um, <laughs> uh, if he, on, be, on whether or not he should be the NBA logo, he says, obviously a lot more women would be into the game. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, not bad looking, I'm not going to lie. Um, on the hater life cycle. He uh-huh. says, hey, there will always be haters. That's just the way it is. Hating dudes hate. marry hating women and have hating-ass kids. Haters going to hate, and it's going to carry on legacy-wise. Yeah. On the school on, uh, on Michigan University, he says, lol, muck Michigan." <laughs> uh, Draymond and him are going to have some nice times this year, I think. No, uh, no, Draymond was Michigan State. Never mind. And then I, I want to I like read probably my, one of my all-time favorites um, on his birthday expectations. And this is a full, is a long one, so here it is. But I first found out about a golden birthday when I was eight. You go to school, and it could be a kid's birthday on, like, November 8th. He turns eight. So when he told us that, what it was, I was like, I'm going to be 27 before it comes my golden birthday, and I won't be that cool, and nobody will care anymore. So I finally got here, and I'm blessed to have gotten here. I'm really looking forward to this golden birthday for, like, 19 or 20 years. Wow. <laughs> like, what I, like, a weirdo, dude. I, I don't know what to say to especially that last one. Like, what's he gonna do? I I'm hoping like all he did was go to Dave and Buster's with a bunch of people. Like <laughs> so, that would be the uh, best. That, I'm sorry to sidetrack there for Evan Turner hour, but Evan I think it was Turner worth it. Will always will always have a special place in my heart. Uh, for the I think Blazers. I think the fans appreciate it. That that was uh well worth the like four minutes we spent on those quotes. You guys got a good one, Blazers. Uh, don't don't waste his don't waste this. Don't let anybody else give an interview. Just have him there and talking. Yeah, between between the uh, irrational confidence of Damian Lillard and the irrational confidence of the Portland Trailblazers, of Evan William, Evan Turner, I think the Portland Trailblazers will be the most confident team in the entire league. Oh, yeah. I like, think what they should actually do is at every press conference, even if Turner's not the one being talked to, 
they should uh, wave him over when somebody asks a question and have him give the answer in their ear for them to actually say. Yeah. Kind of like a lawyer type thing. Be like, oh, well, this is what you should say. And then it'll just oh, be well, ridiculous quotes all year long. One last golden one. Um, when he returned to Philly uh, as a member of the Indiana Pacers, he says, before the game, I signed like 100,000 autographs. I'm kissing babies and whatnot and all that stuff. I'm getting my hand kissed by people. I got little girls coming up to me fainting. Uh, once the game started, it was like, what the hell is going on? I was like, this is weird. Did they take all the good people out? I don't worry about it anymore. Right. I don't want to sound super weird, but Jesus was hated too. At the end of the day, I just worry about the stuff that's important. If it makes you happy to boo me, go ahead. I'm still happy. I put all that stuff behind me. Wow. Um, uh, so Greg, so, you know, Jesus was hated too. Yeah. You know? I was going to say, did he just really compare himself to Jesus? Yeah. It's his cross to bear minutes, being, uh, being this guy. <laughs> He's compared himself to Michael Jordan and Jesus. So, uh, you know, Michael Jesus, as some people might say. So, yeah, the Mount Rushmore of all-time legends in the world. Michael Jordan, Jesus, uh, maybe God. We'll throw God up there. And And Evan uh, Turner. Evan Turner. I love it. Sounds like a good good one. (laughs) Okay, getting back to to the matter at hand. Um, I have Warriors, Spurs, Clips, Blazers. Uh, My number five seed, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I think that Russell Westbrook will kind of will them to this many games. I'm a little concerned about what this means um, for his shooting percentages, but I think that this guy is going to average like 50 points a game. It's going to be kind of unreal. Oh, and 20% um, shooting is what I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do have the Rockets making it as the uh, sixth seed here, Greg. Um, I think that with the Dean Tony thing, we're really only two, uh, like a year removed from James Harden being a legitimate MVP candidate. Um, and I think that without Dwight Howard, whenever you take off Dwight Howard from a team, I think you automatically like gain at least percentage points in terms of happiness. So I think if a happy James Harden, a motivated James Harden without Dwight Howard, with a new coach, could really mean something. I think the sixth seed is reasonable. It is. It is. Uh, Dwight Howard definitely uh, sucks the soul out of a team. Oh, yeah. Um, what, are the, what else do the Rockets do besides getting rid of James Harden? Let's kind of see right here. I, I mean, mean, not Dwight really Howard. much in terms of free agency. They, they, they kept they James Harden. They signed, yeah, but, I mean, excuse me, besides getting rid of Dwight Howard. They signed uh, Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon, so they have those shooters that D'Antoni likes. Um, they signed Nene. Oh, boy. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, but I don't know. That, I, I, that ends that. With, I'm standing with the Rockets. Um I have the Grizzlies uh, rounding out the seventh seed. Uh, I really think I'm going back to the uh, the con- continuity thing. Um, they've been playing together for a while. They have Tony Allen, Mike Conley, Marcus All, and Zach Randolph. They've all been playing together for a while. They're a professional basketball team. They're, this is the same reason why I think the Pacers are going to do well this year. They are a grown-up professional basketball team that will do well, especially against some of the younger teams in the league. Yeah, it's all about staying healthy. That's, that's the reason I said it. If they can stay healthy, they're yeah. my seventh seed. There, you're, you're probably right there. Uh, and I also think I also like the Chandler Parsons addition because I know that they want to get away a little bit from the grit and grind and go more towards a three-point shooting team. We'll see what happens. Uh, and then finally, I do also have the T-Wolves in there. I want to believe in the T-Wolves. I have them over the Jazz just barely. Um, this is a big leap, Greg, because the T-Wolves last year only won 29 games. Um, to win, to get the eighth seed, they're going to have to go over 500. Uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what, if that happens. Uh, Vegas basically says like they're they're kind of right where they're either going to be 500 or over depending on whether you hit the over under. Their over under is 41.5, um, and that if 42 wins 
especially if it was uh, you know similar to how it was last year, puts them in the playoffs. You just gotta you just gotta have some faith in them. Uh, I especially think if Chris Dunn can uh, come through for them as a starting point guard, he's got a lot of talent, and I think yeah. that takes them to another level because. Ricky Rubio just doesn't do it for me. He doesn't make it move. No, he's one of he's a historically bad shooter. Um, and Dunn has looked pretty bad in the playoffs, but I mean, it's kind of rookie jitters. So I guess we'll see what happens. Um, it's pretty bad in the post uh, preseason. Excuse me, yeah. Jesus. Uh, what's going on here? Okay, it's okay. Um, you're just too amped up for tomorrow. You're too excited. I know. I got a lot of adrenaline today, man. Um. Let's talk about then who's going to be in the conference finals and who you have going to the uh, to the NBA finals. Uh, so who's going to be in the conference finals in the Western Conference for you, Greg? I got Warriors versus Clippers. Uh, I do think somehow the Clippers finally put it together, get through at least the first two rounds. But when they meet the Warriors again, it's going to be the same old, same old. Uh, Warriors are going to take it to them and advance to the finals. So it's going to be another third straight year Cavs Warriors for me. I also have the Warriors uh, Clippers. I just don't see I don't see a scenario where they that like the Spurs are really the only team that gives me pause, but I just don't I don't see it this year from them. Losing Tim Duncan is big. That's an emotional leader on your team. Uh, Ginobili and Parker are just one year older each. You know, this is really kind of like the end of their rope here. Uh, Pau Gasol is a good addition, but between yeah, you have Gasol and Aldridge and Kawhi, and outside of that, I'm not totally trusting of their team. Um, so I'm going to go Clippers as well. Uh, I just think that this is, again, a team that's been playing together for a while. You have a you have a finally kind of a solidified starting five, even if their starting five does include Luke and Bahamute. Um, but I think that the Clippers are going to come in here, and the Warriors are going to go to the finals and end up beating the Celtics. Uh, it's going to take them six games, but they'll beat the Celtics. I actually, yeah, I want to pick the Cavs because that's who I have in my finals over the Warriors. Yeah. It's it's kind of a toss up to me. I feel like I feel like for some reason, the Cav- Warriors will mentally have issues facing the Cavs in the finals. I feel like somehow it'll be like flashbacks this past year being three and one, and uh, I've been debating going back and forth who I'm going to pick. I'm going to go with the underdog Cavs just because. It's going to be different. Uh, yeah. Slightly. I mean, I, I, I think the thing that you would, if if I had the Cavaliers and Warriors and wasn't a total homer, um, I guess the thing that would give me pause is that Bogut situation because whenever the Cavs go big with Tristan Thompson and, um, you know, some of their other larger players, they end up out-rebounding the Warriors pretty significantly and bullying them in there. Um so I'll be. I think that that would be the the angle that you would take if you were to take the Cavaliers over the Warriors. I just think the Warriors have too much firepower this year. No, they do. Uh, it's just I feel like maybe they'll get issues in the big spot where it's each guy that's the top guy wants the ball more, and maybe it causes some issues. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I mean if they're all buying in like they kind of seem to be this preseason, then then it, it'll be pretty unstoppable. But preseason's the honeymoon. I'm waiting to see what the marriage true. is like. <laughs> Nice, Greg. Um, all right, uh, MVP. Let's talk about MVP for a second. Let's get into the awards a little bit here and kind of predict what we have uh, what we have coming down the pike. Last year, uh, Steph Curry won his second straight MVP. He uh, he sh- he scored thirty points a game um, with five point four rebounds and six point seven assists. 
Um, he had kind of a regular season for the ages. I think that one of the things that we'll look back on in the 2015-2016 season is he was appointment viewing television um, every single time the Warriors were on. Uh, the dude did things last season that I could not really totally comprehend. Nobody uh, could. This, his first MVP season was really un, uh, amazing. Uh, this one kind of took it to a new level. Uh, and I don't think we're going to see anything like this again. Again, that was only the regular season, and I really feel that since the playoffs and offseason happened, people have really cooled on Steph Curry. Yeah, they kind of hate him now. And I, I think that the... Um, it's the justified? These, yeah, it's justified. <laughs> the thing with these um, awards is that narratives really do matter. Um, so he was a unanimous MVP. He won back-to-back. I think that that, especially for the basketball writers, they the narrative will matter that Steph Curry can't win a third MVP unless he was as good, if not better, than he was last year, which would be nearly impossible with the with Durant getting at it on. Yeah, I don't think he gets a third straight with that squad about that is now there because there's no way you can say who's the most valuable on that team. Yeah. Um, so okay, so the odds this year uh, we have Russell Westbrook at 200, Steph Curry at uh, I mean excuse me Russell Westbrook uh, plus 200, Steph Curry plus 450, Le- LeBron James plus 450, Kevin Durant plus 1,000, Anthony Davis plus 1,000, Kawhi Leonard, uh, James Harden, Paul George, Blake Griffin, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, and then it kind of drops off from there. There's no real reason for any of that there to be mentioned. Um, Wes- Westbrook's favorite though, yeah, he's the front runner in the clubhouse right now. Uh, who sense. do you think is going to win the MVP, Greg? Uh, you know, as much as I want to pick Westbrook because he's probably going to have amazing year point-wise, rebounds, assists, because he's literally going to have to do it all for uh, that team. I think stats-wise, while they'll look impressive, I think when the writers and people look at the other numbers, you know, field goal percentage, all that, it's going to kind of be like, yeah, okay, he put up these numbers, but look what he had to do to basically do that, and... I'm going to go with LeBron just because I think everybody kind of underestimates how good he can still be at this age and think he's going to start dropping off. I think he has a really good year. I think he has something to prove again just because of the Warriors making that ultimate team and Durant going there. He wants to be like, I'm the key piece on my team. Without me, they have nothing basically, which we've seen in the past is true, whereas the Warriors can keep winning if they don't have Steph or if they don't have Clay or Draymond. So I think he cements himself and picks up, uh, would it be his fifth MVP award, I believe? I think so, yeah. So I'm going to say he picks up his fifth, probably final one, is my guess. That's a good pick, especially because the narrative so far has been um, anti-Warriors. Not anti-Warriors, but kind of like, oh, if they don't win these many games, uh, it's kind of a failure. And I feel like uh, Durant and Curry will kind of cancel each other's votes out. Um, Yeah. I also think that uh, Westbrook has already kind of faced some of this criticism before the season even starts. Westbrook has already kind of faced the criticism of, oh, he can't just all do it himself. Like these other percentages do matter. Um, so I feel like people are going to kind of write him off a little bit. D- d- uh, LeBron's a really good pick. Um, so I would, uh, you know, uh, kudos to you, kudos. Thank you. Thank you. Who do you? Wait, uh, who are you going with? I think that I'm going to go with – got to go with something a little out of left field here. I like it. I like left field. Good things happen there. Yeah, this is going to be a little crazy. And I think that this will uh, – this could only really happen uh, if uh, – This is suspenseful. I think this will only really happen if they get the two seed. But I'm going to go Blake Griffin. Ooh. 
Um, it is kind of out of left field. He had a really good. Um, he had a really good season a couple years ago, an MVP caliber season a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, especially when Chris Paul goes down, he's their main playmaker. He's added a three point shot this year. I don't know if you've seen it in the preseason, but he's actually legitimately uh, a threat from three point range. Yeah, and now he can kind of uh, head fake somebody and take somebody off the dribble. Uh, he's still athletic as all hell. Um, he still is one of the best passing big men in the entire league. Um, I think that if the if I think that if the Clippers get to the two seed, uh, and you see any even a smidge of drop off from Chris Paul, I think that you're going to see a lot of clamoring for Blake Griffin to get the MVP. Yeah, and as long as you know he stays away from the equipment managers this year, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, exactly. It's a key, I even it's a key consider, aspect for his game. I even considered doing Paul George for a second too, uh, depending again on how much the Pacers win. Yeah, I just feel uh, like but he I don't think that the do Pacers. Enough. Yeah, I don't think the Pacers in the East, they're going to give it to anybody besides LeBron James. Yeah, if it goes to somebody in the East, it's got to be LeBron or I, I don't even I don't think there's anybody else in the East that it could go to. I actually think that LeBron will probably win as well, but I think of the best value, like LeBron is plus 450 to win and, and uh, Blake Griffin is plus uh, 3,300. Um, yeah, if you want to take so a gamble, for, you go with Griffin. Yeah, so for example... Um, you know, put down on you put down a hundred on, or you put down whatever. Uh, I don't know, whatever. You're trying to do I, math. I think that's the don't, best. Don't I think that's math. the best value. Is Blake Griffin? Um, okay. Uh, what's the next one? We want to do rookie of the year. Uh, yeah, we can do rookie of the year. Uh, who are you going with? Uh, we got a lot of choices this year. You know, Be- uh, Ben Simmons is hurt, so he's out the window, and yeah, that kind of opens up the field a little bit. This, this is unfortunately. Um, I think this is unfortunately easy because I just, uh, based on uh, the workload he's going to get and the minutes he's going to get and just the sheer talent difference between him and the next couple of rookies, I think that Brandon Ingram is kind of a runaway for this one. Ooh, okay. Um, on the on the Lakers, uh, they're going to play him a lot. Uh, Coach Luke Walton is kind of installing his system, so he's going to have Russell, um, he's going to have Randall, and he's going to have Ingram playing playing a lot. Uh, if Ingram only comes off the bench for a little bit, and they kind of and the Wolves lean more heavily on Chris Dunn, I could see Chris Dunn taking it. Um, but I think that's kind of a runaway for Brendan Ingram. All right. I think he's just too talented. Yeah, I mean he's he's going to have a good season. I think it's definitely going to be up there with the best of them for rookie-wise, but I do think there's one person you're forgetting about that if they play him and he stays healthy, he's going to be pretty dominant, and it's another guy from Philadelphia, Joel Embiid. I guess he is eligible, huh? He is. I double-checked because I wasn't sure. I did my research, and he's technically a rookie because he has not played any games. So if he stays healthy, he's, I think, going to put up some monster numbers not even points-wise, like he'll get maybe 10, 12-point average if, you know, he can stay healthy. I think he's going to put up some big boards and block numbers, and defensively, I think that's what's going to push him over the edge. That's a pretty good pick, um, especially because I've seen him play. Now, granted, I've seen him play, and he's, he hasn't put up, like, numbers, but I think that people, again, with Joel Embiid, always just kind of get swept up in the potential of him. <laughs> you yeah, know? I mean, that's what that's what's happening. Plus, his Twitter game. And social media games just pretty damn strong. Yeah, uh, it's a little over the top sometimes, but uh, no, that's uh, what makes know. it great. Um, okay, we're let's go into defensive player of the year. All right, 
plain and simple, I'm going to go with the guy that should probably be a defensive player of the year candidate every single year, as long as he's in the league. Uh, I'm not going to go Kawhi Leonard. I'm going to go DeAndre Jordan, like you said. If the Clippers can get to number two seed, uh, you know, just like Griffin, I think DeAndre Jordan then would probably deserve to be defensive player of the year. That means he probably stepped it up. The guy's a block machine, rebounds like crazy. And in this in this award, you don't have to worry about what you do offensively. So, I mean, he's just too good defensively to not win a defensive player of the year. That's true. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think uh, – I don't think that they're going to give DeAndre Jordan that amount of respect. Um, Ouch. I know. I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, I think that if LeBron James does not win MVP, I think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Has he won Defensive Player of the Year before? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, but I think I'm going to have to go with... Uh, hmm, this is tough. You are very suspenseful with these. I know. I'm going to go with Marcus Gasol. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I, think that he's a, I think that he's a good, safe pick. Yeah, he um, is. So I, I, I think that he's the one that's, uh, you know, I, I think that he's going to do really well. I think especially if they kind of switch over, especially when Zach Randolph goes to the bench, I think that he's going to, um, because he's, I think he's going to start the season on the bench. Uh, I think that he's going to end up getting sharing a lot of the load. Um, Kawhi Leonard is the favorite, followed by Draymond Green. Rudy Gobert is up there. Hassan Whiteside is up there just because of their block numbers. Um, Anthony Davis, if he stays healthy, I think could really make a case for it. But uh, I'm going to end up going. I just don't with, trust. I'm going to go with Marcus Gasol in that sense. All right, yeah, um, I like it. I mean, most big men are a good pick, and then Kawhi Leonard and Draymond are like the other two outside of the big man category that could t- probably take it. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, uh, most improved player uh, last year it was C.J. McCollum on the on the Trailblazers. Uh, good on him too. The guy went up to twenty points a game. He's a yeah. legitimate number two option right now. I think. Um, Loved him in Fanduel. I'm just I'm not gonna lie. He was great for daily fantasy sports. Yeah, it's gonna be tough because the, it, it, this one is a little bit more difficult to try to figure out just because there's not a lot that. Um, like it, this is a weird one where you're gonna have to, um, kind of, it's your own interpretation of the rule. I I, should, I guess I should say so. It's tough to kind of figure out who's gonna win this one. But Greg, do you have anybody in mind for most improved player? Uh, you know, I was doing some research, looking around, thinking of who I remembered last year as being good, and then kind of at the end, looking like they were even doing better and maybe putting it together that could carry over. Uh, I think uh, I'm gonna go in the Eastern Conference. If this guy can step up and really help uh, Paul George out in Indiana, I think it's going to be huge for them. I'm going to go Miles Turner. Uh, he was uh, definitely somebody that throughout the year kept improving, started putting up some big points towards the end and showing his all-around skills. If he can continue that and be kind of like that second, third option for the Pacers offensively and be a, you know above-average defensive player, I think he's somebody that could definitely be in contention for it. I like that pick. I'm going to go um, – I think I'm going to go with D'Angelo Russell on the Lakers. Yeah, I've, I saw that floating around too. He's definitely somebody I think could easily run away with that award. I just think that he's an excellent player, and Byron Scott just buried him. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't think that there Dude, was his whole, a his whole team buried him. I know. If he actually just kind of flashes the potential that he had with that uh, when he was taken that high in the draft, 
I think it's a legitimate case to be made that he he's going to be an excellent player. He's going to be um, you know a future All Star potentially. Maybe uh, uh, stay off of Snapchat. People like he might more. start right there. He might be a little bit too young, and it might just kind of be in his. The, the, that's the biggest thing working against him. It's it's kind of in his career trajectory to to take a, a leap this year anyway. Um, so that might be the only thing that um, works against him here. But I think D'Angelo Russell's a good pick. I like it. I no, good one. call. Good call on you. Do we have another one? Uh, we also I figured we were going to cover sixth man. Oh, and, sixth man. Uh, coach of the year, I think, with the other two. Yes, so let's do those. Um, okay, six man of the year. Who do you got, Greg? Do you have anybody in mind? Uh, I'm just going to go with the consistent odds-on favorite every year just because Jamal Crawford just he seems like the prototypical sixth man award winner. He comes off the bench. He puts up 15, 20 points. Uh, you know, kind of carries that second group that goes out for the Clippers, keeps them in it offensively. So I think he won it. he's won it now twice, I want to say. I think he wins it again for a third time. Yeah. He's just one of those guys. He's always going to be uh, in that talk, so might as well go with a clear favorite. I think uh, I think with the amount of uh, games that the Warriors are going to win and with the amount of awards that they look like they're going to kind of lose out on, I think that the writers are going to want to give them something. So I think Sean Livingston will win it this year. Ooh, over um, Andre Godala? Yeah, I feel like Sean Livingston is really their more six-man-y type um, player. Um, I'm going to end up going with him. I think that he means more to them. I think the basketball writers are going to end up um, praising Livingston's ability to, you know, carry the second unit and yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Come back from Andre that Godala. devastating knee injury that we hear about every single damn play. Every time he, brought, he gets brought up. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if you guys ever heard, but uh, Sean Livingston had a devastating knee injury when he was in the Clippers. Yeah. So um, uh, if you haven't heard, just wait till the playoffs roll around because every damn game you'll hear about it. Such a good feel-good story with Sean Livingston after that devastating knee injury. So devastating. I don't know how he ever came back from that, Bob. Well, Jeff. He must uh, have been devastated. Had to be pretty devastating for him and to carry on like that. Um, but here he so is, folks. <laughs> I'm going to go, yeah, so I'm going to go with Sean Livingston. Um, I think that he's uh, he's the one over on Trey Guadalla, who I think he's going to drop off a little this year, to be honest with you, especially with the reduced role. Um, there's a lot, there's a big log jam there at that up. Uh, you know, wing spot that I think is going to, um, you know, affect Iguodala's production this year. Um, okay, coach of the year. I have mine for this one, Greg. Um, All right, who you got? Do you want to go? You can go. You go first on this one. I, I, it's Brad Stevens' year. <laughs> They're going to give it to him, man. Brad Stevens, coach of the year. Uh, he's going to take his Celtics from a five seed to a two seed. Uh, right now the Celtics over-under is, I believe, it's 52.5. Uh, I want to say, yes, oh, 51.5. So I need to win 52 games. I think that's an easy over. Um, if you win like seven or eight more games than you won last year, you know, even with the uh, you know, addition of Al Horford, I think that uh, Steven's scheme, his system, the way he gets his players to buy into it, the way he kind of utilizes his players' uh, strengths while minimizing their weakness, I think is just going to all contribute to him winning his first coach of the year. He was in contention for it last year because of the increase and because NBA community just loves Brad Stevens. Um, I doesn't? think that he's going to win it this year. Uh, so Brad Stevens is the coach of the year. Uh, I think that's a lock. All right. Well, I don't think it's a lock. He definitely will be up there in the talks. But I'm going to go with Tyron Loon because, you know, he got half a season and could have won uh, coach of the year. Steve Kerr only coached half a season and did win it. 
over Luke Walton, who probably should have actually just won it because he was the real coach of the year, I think. But, you know, they're always going to give it to somebody that's probably top two, top three seed. So, you know, Brad Stevens, I think, will be up there. If the Celtics do improve that much, he probably will get it locked up. But if the Cavs can get over 60 wins, I think they give it to Lou just because. That's a good pick. I still I want Steve Kerr to get it because I don't think he deserves it, especially after I last year. I think there's going to be a big Warriors back at, a backlash this year. Um, They're like the just, Heat from a few years ago. Everybody just kind of got tired of them after a year or two. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. Um, okay, cool. Um, I think that's all the awards we want to cover with, Greg. Um, yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. Um, cool. Before we uh, before we finish up, I think that uh, I think we should do bold predictions. Um, give us some predictions that you know uh, might not necessarily be held uh, a commonly held perspective from the NBA community. Give us something that you think is going to happen this year that will shock America. Ooh, all right. Uh, let me think about this spot. for a second. I need a second to just assume this. I'll start. I'll start. All right, you start. Um, Let's see, something will shock America. I think that DeMarcus Cousins gets traded this year. I think this is finally the year. He's been threatening to get traded for so long. Uh, he's on this crappy, crappy Kings team. He's on another coach, another point guard. I don't think this is going to be any, any – I don't think it's going to work for him. They keep drafting big men um, to stick around him, when in reality what he needs is to be put into a system that's similar to those um, big men with shooters spotted around him. I don't think that they're going to be able to motivate him. I think that he finally – this is the year that uh, Cousins finally gets traded. Bold prediction. That's pretty bold. Uh, I'm going to top that Yeah. with my bold prediction that I just thought of for some reason. I think when the playoff stretch comes for teams trying to make it uh, – know how the Rockets signed Michael Beasley last year? Yeah. I think another guy comes from China by the name of Jimmy Buckets for debt, comes over, helps the <laughs> team out, make it to the playoffs, and just gives them that extra three-point threat push that gives them just that one win that they needed to go into the playoffs. That's a bold prediction. That bold. Jimmer Fredette is going to come in <laughs> and play for an NBA team this maybe, year. Maybe the Timberwolves need him for that last-second hero shot. Who knows? Yeah, boy. Um, well, you, hey, that's definitely bold. That There's no bold. doubt about that. You want it bold, I gave you bold. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, okay, cool. Hey, Greg, this is a good preview, man. I like it. I, I think I held my own. What do you think? I think you did a good job. I'm proud of you. You were nervous coming into it. I knew that you were uh, you you didn't want to you didn't know if your basketball takes were hot enough. I I wasn't uh, sure. I knew yours were going to be on point. You have the knowledge. The you know you've done your research since you were a child. You've been preparing for this moment <laughs> all my life. I just play like <laughs> daily fantasy basketball, so I'm like this guy I know is good, and LeBron James is an excellent basketball player. That was basically my knowledge going in. However it works, man. Um, cool. I, I know uh, a decent so, amount, luckily. I started watching the NBA a lot more the past few years. So I felt decent, but I knew I couldn't compete with you. It's more interesting nowadays, man. This is going to be a really fun season. I think that people should be really pumped about it. Uh, this is a lot of really cool storylines going into it. I know that the Warriors are going to overshadow a lot of it. Um, but this is a really great basketball to be played coming up in these next, uh, these next few months. So I think that people should be pretty pumped. And to get ready for it, this is exciting sports time, too. We're going to kind of recap the things that have been going on when we come back later in the week with our regular episode. But there's the World Series happening. And Chicago the Cubbies, yeah. baby. Cubbies, Indians. Um, there's football happening. There's basketball. There's hockey. Everything is happening this week and this month. So I think people should get really excited about uh, these next couple weeks, man. Did you really, did you really mention hockey? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned hockey. All right. Yeah. Well, that, that's good hockey coverage for the next uh, month. Good job. That was talking hockey. That was talking it. Um, cool, man. Anything else you want to um, shout out before we get uh, before we get out of here? No, I think uh, any, anything I can think of, I'll probably save for the other sports guys because you know we're gonna need it. I love it, man. Cool. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week or later this week. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see you later this week. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. The sports stance. Slam dunk.